Today's episode, I actually interviewed Rebecca and Catherine. They are the co-executives of Women in Politics. If you're unfamiliar with Women in Politics, it is a nonpartisan organization dedicated to making politics a tangible career for young women, and they do an amazing job of that. I am actually involved with Women in Politics as a TikToker, and I absolutely love this organization and the work that they do. In this episode, you're going to hear more about their story of how they created Women in Politics, their mission, their goal, and of course, their latest book, Little Lawmakers. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. I'm your host, Miss Bailey Jean, and you're listening to the Gen Z Boss Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping Gen Z succeed in the changing world. We want to help you become a boss in all areas of your life, whether it be in education, finances, or your career. We research and bring in new guests to help you become a Gen Z boss. Of course. Thank you so much for having us, Bailey. Um, Thank you. My name is Rebecca Joseph. I'm the founder and co-executive of Women in Politics. I'm a high school senior in the Bay Area. um, And yeah, it's been two years of Women in Politics and we're very, very excited. Yeah. And um, I'm Rebecca's co-executive uh Catherine um I'm a student at American University in DC and yeah we just you know we live breathe the woman in politics so <laughs> we always love talking about it thanks for having us yeah I'm very excited to have you both so you both mentioned women in politics which is why I want both of you here um can you guys tell us the story short background of how this idea came of course. Yeah. So this happened back in my freshman year of high school. And when I went got into high school, um, I wasn't really interested in politics. I didn't foresee myself going on this path until I joined my high school speech and debate team. And I really fell in love with the world of debate. I loved the fact that I was able to debate and talk about uh, topics that I often t- thought were, you know, way out of my reach. I didn't know anything about insulin costs and um, different policies. But the accessibility that uh, debate gave me to these like hot button issues was really, really cool and empowering. Um, and it, you know, furthered me to look into politics as a, as a career path that I might want to go into. And then um, the pandemic happened. Um, politics got all crazy again with the with the 2020 election and COVID, obviously. Um, and I was really just longing for a community of girls to connect with on, you know, the fact that we both like politics and um I posted a TikTok video that ended up going viral and Catherine found that video actually. And we got like a hundred applicants within three days of the organization founding. Um, And we've just been growing since we have our monthly magazine. We just published a book, but just the work that our team does is so, so amazing. And it's really, really cool to see how much we've grown in the past few years. That is amazing. And you mentioned Catherine finding you through TikTok. Catherine, do you want to tell us your story, your side on that? Yeah. um, I was in high school at the time and it was like the first lockdown of the pandemic, or I guess the original lockdown of the (laughs) pandemic. And I was very dejected as many of us were. So I was looking for an outlet and just, I guess, by fate uh really as i say um i was i woman in politics that fateful tiktok showed up on my for you page and the rest is history um i quickly was just like 
fell in love with the organization. It needed uh, to kind of, it was just getting started. So there was a lot of work that needed to go into setting everything up. And I was just like so passionate about the mission itself. And I felt so connected uh, with Rebecca and what she was trying to put together. So um, yeah, it's just like, I mean, I wouldn't imagine life without women in politics and being involved in what we do today. That was amazing. Now, give us some background. Whoever wants to go first. Um, Obviously, I know about women in politics, but (laughs) for someone who's just listening to this, what is it? What is your mission? What is your goal? First, Catherine, if you want to take that. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean... It's pretty self-explanatory. When I do my little elevator pitch, I always say that. I was like, if you think woman in politics, literally just think the name. Um, It's all about getting women into the political space. Either that be in, you know, the fact that you either run for office or you want to make it your career as in like, you know, being just, you know, a staffer or something in politics in general or we just want to inform people on politics as well, like making sure that you're being an involved voter, you're being involved in the news cycle, like just making sure that politics is part of your everyday life because politics is so important in your everyday life and it's politics is personal. Like we we know that it's been proven time and time again. So that is our biggest mission. Um, so making it making it tangible, both as a career path and also as you know something to be engaged in and make important in your day to day life. And one thing I love about us is that we're really focused on, like, the younger perspective, because, I mean, I think even while I was growing up, I've either seen or saw or heard those, like, you know, organizations, people that we've partnered with, She Should Run, uh, Bold, Her Bold Movement, uh, and they all focus on getting, you know, like, you know, people who are above, older than 25 to actually run for office. But, you know, with us, like getting involved with the middle school, high school, and even elementary school audience, it's really, really cool. And I love connecting with like, I just recently had like uh, an event with uh, fifth graders, and it was just so, so fun to talk to them about politics and their views on it. I know they're like 10, 11 years old, and they're just so cute. Um, And it's really great to just see how 10 year olds perceive the world especially with social media yeah the younger generation 100 percent is like the future both in like the world sense and also like politics is pretty much the basis of like how we live our lives so in the in also the political sense so um investing in them making sure they have their voices um you know they they know that their voices are important that they're meant to be harnessed um and that like even at 10 years old, like Rebecca was in their classroom and they were already so eager to get involved. Like it's never too early. It's never too late. So. I love that. Now tell us more about the book, the name, what's it about? Um, And also like a little background of how the book started. Of course. So the background of the book, I, I'll, I'll let Catherine cover that because it's, it's a very funny story. But um, just a little bit about the book for those of you who don't know. So we published The Lawmakers back in August. August 10th was the official date. And it's a children's book geared for ages 8 to 10. It follows two elementary school students, Nina and Ronan, as they take a trip on Capitol Hill and they learn how a bill becomes a law. Um, it's super exciting and it it focuses a lot on civic education. I think that's a big thing that we all know is lacking in um, most elementary school and even high school classes. Um, I think until my freshman year when I joined speech and debate, I didn't know that Senate was a part of Congress. I thought like the House of Representatives was one thing and the Senate was a different thing. I did not know they were part of 
one whole branch. Um, so obviously that's a big focus is just having people be more civically engaged. And that's really important, especially as we, you know, get ready to vote. I know they're only 10, 11 years old, but in the next few years they will be voting and they should know how these different processes work. But another factor of the book that's um, really important to women in politics and our mission is the fact that it focuses on um diversity in politics, you know, having a woman congresswoman who is also a woman of color, as well as our two main characters being both a girl um, and two people of color is really important to us. And to showcase that, like, yes, you may not see, you know, your first woman president while you're reading this book, but you can see in your hands that it is possible and that you deserve a seat at the table. Yeah, I mean, that was the perfect explanation of Little Lawmakers. I wish we could, like, copy-paste that everywhere we go. But, um, yeah, the story of how it came to be is quite funny, as Rebecca said. Um, we were just, you know, it was about, I think, what was it, like, a half a year into Woman in Politics, and we were kind of just thinking about, like, what the future held for us. And for some reason, we were having this conversation on Christmas Eve of all days. Um, don't ask us why we were on a FaceTime call talking about work on Christmas Eve. I could not tell you. But the fact of it is that we were. And it is a call that kind of completely changed the trajectory of what we did at Women in Politics and created this fabulous book. Um, but it really was like a thought of like, you know, what can women in politics do to influence the future? And what, like, what do we want to do to make sure that future kids that are going to, you know, are going into high school, going into middle school, eventually going to be figuring out what they want to do with their lives? How do they not be in the same boat as us, where we feel like we're not involved in politics, where we don't feel welcome, and where there's not enough women being represented? Like, how do we combat that? And like, the biggest place we can start with is education, making sure that, you know, we don't fall into those situations where kids like Rebecca didn't know that Congress was made up of the Senate and the House. Like, we want to make sure that kids know that and they know how their political process works, because that's what represents them. So and obviously, like books and movies and TV shows and media is what inspires you to go on in life. Like we always see things and we're like, oh, that sounds really cool. I want to do that or something similar. So um, that's really important in a kid's childhood and, and you and development. So we made the product that doesn't exist. And, you know, that's how the, the book was formed. And the rest, the rest is history. Um, and now it's a, you know, a physical product. I don't have it with me. I usually have it like sitting on the table right next to me, but I'm, I'm sure you've seen it, Bailey. I know you have, but um but yeah, like it, it truly came out of a totally who knows what kind of conversation. And I don't think Rebecca and I would have had it any other way. I love that story. Because, okay. I don't like, like, I love politics and I love women in politics, obviously. And just like the idea of taking something and going the generation after us. I obviously this is Gen Z boss and I talk about Gen Z a lot. But I love that women in politics is much more than just like Gen Z women. It's going to be hopefully many, many more generations after us. Can tell us, um, maybe you don't know the whole story. Maybe you don't want to leak everything. But what is your vision and goal for women in politics? That is that is a very loaded question. I think that's something we've definitely been discussing. It's um, we're coming on our third our three-year anniversary this june which is very exciting and very scary um part of the reason why just a little context for everyone is that we started with back uh, my freshman year of high school and 
it's now been almost four years we've gone through a whole cycle of you know people who started the organization with us basically who are now you know sophomores in college freshmen in college we have people who are you know going to law school who started women in politics back when they were like you know seniors in high school so we've definitely evolved into who we've seen um be like immediate um team members at our team um, and now with me graduating high school, it's been really like an awakening about what do we want to do? Because um, even though I'm not that old yet, I am, you know, getting to the age where I'm not really, I'm not as connected to what high schoolers are dealing with right now. Um, and a big thing that we're hoping to do and hoping to transition into is yeah, having a more community-based um, vibe is the best word I'm finding right now. Um, so again, we have our community in Geneva and expending more efforts into that and reaching out to different people and having uh, a more open space as well as now with COVID really uh, dying down more in-person events, um, connecting at the state chapter level, um, holding writing workshops, doing stuff with the book. Um, and we really just hope to be a home and a, and, a, and a place for people to come to, regardless if you want to go into politics or law in the future, um, but just a place that, you know, has a community that will support you no matter what you're uh, going through. Yeah, yeah, I think I would definitely add on to that with the fact that, like, we have a very, like, I mean, I personally feel like I've been very close with a lot of our team members throughout the past, like, two and a half years that WIP has existed and, you know, hopefully continues to exist. Um, and I want people to experience, more people to experience that. Unfortunately, like, our national team can only, or, like, international team can really only, ho like, be home for a you know, a few people, like we can't have our entire 5,000, you know, 30,000 followers uh, go and be part of that. And I wish that they could experience the same amount of community. So that's kind of where our thought process was. And like, how can we make sure that more people feel like they're being included and, you know, have the same experiences and feel the same type of bond community wise. Uh, and that's where we came up with like that, you know, putting more resources into the Geneva now that we've kind of established ourselves as, you know, an organization that does this sort of work like how do we make sure that more people are involved in it so yeah no super excited hopefully like more in-person uh events in the work some sh people should stay tuned uh we're they're they're always on the back burner you know no one knows about them until they actually happen but we're always working on them so um don't be surprised <laughs> yeah that's awesome what advice would you give to someone in our generation who wants to make some sort of organization like regardless of what it's about like something to the level of women in politics has now become i think one is don't be afraid to ask for help um one thing that one person that i always give a quick little shout out to about founding women in politics is shivali gulati she founded um this organization back in 2017 or 2018 it's called girl genius and it's a sem uh, magazine as well and she was so so helpful about you know like the, the little things that you wouldn't even expect to come up with you know creating an organization so always reach out always reach out to me and Catherine where you can dm us in our personal accounts dm us on the woman in politics account uh we will we will get back to you um and just like you know if you if you look up to someone and and, and you want to do what they're doing it doesn't hurt to reach out. The worst thing that'll happen is that they won't respond to you. And even then that's not even a bad thing. Um, but the second thing is really just finding a strong team, uh, half, not half, 
almost 90% of, of what Women in Politics does is our team. Um, the magazine that comes out every month, like Catherine fully runs almost like 99% of it. Sometimes I just see the magazine as a viewer, which is absolutely insane. But our magazine team, you know, from our magazine manager down to our editor, they're also dedicated and passionate about what they do. And I think that's what really helps Women in Politics run. It's not even just like me and Catherine's great leadership skills, but just the people who are just so dedicated um, to this mission and really make it their own. I have to 100% agree with that. I don't think I could even really add anything to that, but I just want to emphasize that Rebecca and myself are really like we 100% are open as resources, both on like a level of like starting a nonprofit or starting an organization or or talking about whatever you're passionate about. But also to the fact of like, if you need advice on anything else as to school, like I always have people reach out to me about, you know, being in school in DC and like how politics works and, you know, how to be more involved, even if it's not through women in politics and like how to get opportunities and whatnot. Like we really want ourselves like as people that have been in this field and been doing online work and you know have experiences in our own local communities with politics as well to be resources for people that feel like they're stuck or don't have a way to get into it or like don't really know where to start which is exactly what women in politics is meant to be so you know we want to be those physical people that you can talk to um you know not just women in politics the brand but the people behind it I love that. Um, I think that you guys are such good examples of what happens when you actually work as a team. Um, I think both of you have such strong, that's my little, you know, praise to you, but both of you are such strong leaders um, and definitely what I would call like a Gen Z boss, Um, (laughs) which leads me to my next question or my last question for you. Um, What does like it mean to you to be a Gen Z boss? Okay, I'm going to take a stab at it. I don't know if this would be my final answer. I think that honestly, I'll probably have to, this will probably be one of those questions that I think about for the rest of the night, because I've definitely been asked, we've been asked similar questions of like, you know, what advice would you give to people like kind of something that you similar that you asked beforehand, or like, what is your, you know, proudest moment or something like that. But I don't think we've been asked that particular way, like that particular question. Um, But I think the first thing that's coming off of the top of my head is, Gen Z, like, and, I, and I'm sure I'm not the only person that says this, and it's been reiterated so many times, but like, Gen Z is definitely an underrated generation. I think that there has been a lot of people that underestimate the power. Uh, and be, just because like, we didn't have the resources that we have today in in previous generations, like we didn't have the technology that we have now, we don't have the t- interconnectedness that we have now. And you know, Gen Z grew up with that. So I mean, previous generations at our age were underestimated as well. And they, you know, did fabulous things and they created this world for us. But now like Gen Z is able to really get involved and be a voice and be a change um, at a younger age than most people anticipate. And that's, I, I truly give that entire, like I give that all to technology. Like that is really like, I mean, that's the reason Women in Politics has been able to make so much movement and so much change. So, I mean, Kudos to whoever created social media. I love you. Sometimes I hate you, but but mostly I love you. But um, that being said, like, I think uh, what I take of being a Gen Z boss is really being a representative and being kind of making sure that people do take us seriously. Like there are people that don't want to do what we do. They don't want to be in the limelight. They don't want to be activists. They don't want to plow their way through that. And I understand it is hard work. Like we we definitely find ourselves in tight situations and tight corners. And, and some days we're just like, I'm so tired. Um, but 
I want our generation to feel like they have the whole world in front of them and that we should be taken seriously. And that's only going to happen if we have people at the forefront fighting for that. I'm not saying I'm the main person doing that. There's so many other people out there that are doing such amazing things and we get to work with them. And that is so awesome. And I like look up to so many people in the Gen Z activist community. Um, But from my own perspective, I find it, I'm really, really grateful to have just a little part in that, of that Gen Z coalition that is working towards the whole generation being so powerful and so mighty and being the change for the better. So. Yeah. I mean, Catherine, you said that really well, but one thing that I I really do appreciate about Gen Z is I feel like we encapsulate a lot of different aspects and sides of our wide, wide range. Some of us grew up with like iPads at the touch of our, of our fingertips as soon as we were born. Um, and some of us, you know, had to wait till, I don't know, like elementary, middle school to get our first iPhone, iPod, whatever. Um, and I think that we do a really good job of, you know, just straddling those differences and using it to unify each other. Um, and I think that's something that in politics, especially, it's very hard. And we can see that a lot in different generations and even different affinity groups about how they struggle to have this one unifying voice. And obviously, we we don't do it perfectly. And I don't, I don't think we ever will. But I do think we do a pretty decent job of uh, reaching out to different uh, voices that are unheard and uplifting each other's voices. And I'm just as proud as Catherine to um, be a part of be a part of the movement, be a part of the change. That was so eloquently said of both of you. I loved your responses. Um, so where can we find both Women in Politics and both of you? You can find Women in Politics on Instagram at at womaninpolitics underscore. You can look us up on our website. It's womaninpolitics.co or look up Women in Politics magazine. You'll find find our issue. Um, and then as for me on Instagram, I'm at Rebecca with two R's and Joseph with two J's. Uh, yeah, Rebecca already said all our socials. I think she just missed TikTok. So if you want to follow us on TikTok, obviously, I mean, how could you forget <laughs> Rebecca after the infamous TikTok? I don't know. But yeah, and uh, you know what, just to plug Bailey, Bailey's on our TikTok. So um, go, yeah, go watch the TikTok. TikTok to see Bailey. Um, but the TikTok is just woman in politics. Uh, we'll be there. Um, and then for me personally, it's just my name. So Catherine Branham, you can find me on Instagram. Um, and I think I speak for all three of our platforms. Uh, we're we're always open to any DMs, so please reach out with any questions. We also do applications on a rolling basis, so if you're interested in any uh, anything to do with writing, anything to do with social media, anything to do with um, you know creating uh, different events or planning and outreaching to different networks and stuff, then please do join. But uh, yeah, thanks so much. All of those linked in the show notes. Um, But yeah, thank you guys so much for coming. I loved this interview. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found something useful. For more information about Gen Z Boss, check out our Instagram at Gen Z Boss Podcast and find show notes at MissBaileyJean.com. As always, feel free to reach out and tune in to the Gen Z Boss Podcast every Tuesday for a new episode.